Web3 with me is a discussion style show where creators, marketers, entrepreneurs, and investors share how they are solving the core problem plaguing Web3, perception. The perception problem is preventing mass adoption. It is narrative, framing, and terminology, and it's inhibiting onboarding, engagement, and retention of users and customers. Web3 currently requires a level of technical understanding and responsibility due to a lack of protections that the masses do not currently desire. Web3 with me will provide insights for Web3 native companies and others considering a Web3 strategy to tackle that perception problem. My guest today is Alexa Lombardo, a seasoned brand strategist who truly embodies the Web3 native idea of a contributor. She has her own agency called Atomic Number 8. She is a primary contributor at Gitcoin, one of the oldest brands in Web3 that creates tools to fund what matters. Alexa started her career in corporate strategy and major health and beauty brands, including Estee Lauder and Unilever, before moving to the brand strategy side in the same industry. Curious about the difference between brand strategy and corporate strategy? We discussed that in the show. After discovering Web3 and the ability to bring people together to effectuate a purpose, Alexa has gone deep on what it takes to build a sustainable future for this space. We get a masterclass on building thriving communities and the history of collectives in general. Alexa drops some serious earned knowledge, so listen carefully. LFG, baby, let's start vibing. Zach French is a bar certified attorney, and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. Welcome to the show, Alexa. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I've I've been super excited about this. I have a little birdie in my ear who happens to be my best friend and cousin named Alon Miller, who does a lot of what you do. Uh, not nearly as much, by the way, which we'll get into later <laughs> on in the, the episode. But um, ever since our virtual coffee conversation, I've been excited for this. So um, I usually start these conversations by letting the audience get to know you better. Who, what makes Alexa, Alexa? So give us your founding story and feel free to start wherever you'd like. Yeah. Um, so gosh, well, um, I'm Alexa. I uh, was born in uh, right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So that goes way back. Um, but uh, in my kind of uh, professional life, um, I'm a brand strategist slash marketer slash uh, just a lot of different things. Um, I see myself as more of like a generalist. So I've done a lot. I've, I've done a lot of kind of jobs here and there throughout my career or worked in a lot of different areas of marketing or brand. And so I feel like in that sense, um, I have like a, I have the ability to connect dots. And so I'm oftentimes finding myself in kind of that position. Um, and that all kind of fits into what I call the category of like brand strategy. Um, but I started my career working in, uh, you know, large corporations like Estee Lauder and Unilever. Um, I was in corporate strategy and then I moved into brand strategy, then kind of brand marketing and product marketing. Um, and, uh, and then I got really involved on the creative side with a couple of, uh, of brands that I worked with. And then I started consulting um, and really enjoyed that and really loved pairing the, uh, the brand strategy work and the product work with the creative work. And so um, about four years ago, I started my studio, Atomic Number 8. Atomic Number 8, uh, the actual Atomic Number 8 is oxygen. So sort of uh, the positioning was like oxygen for brands. So working with heritage brands to kind of breathe 
breathe new life into them and then work with founders on building brands from the ground up. Um, and was working primarily with kind of beauty, health, wellness brands. And then we went into kind of um, uh, wellness tech, health tech, a little bit of ed tech, food tech. Um, and then when the iOS changed, a lot of my, um, my clients that I was working with just overnight, essentially their budgets were slashed. And um, I was like, we need some new marketing tactics that don't rely on, on meta. Um, and we need to come up with them quickly. And so I was watching what was happening in the web three NFT space. And I was watching these brands really like, ha ha like leverage, like, like these evangelized communities. And I was just like, wow, this is like the future. It's going to be like the brand is owned by the community. The community is responsible for the marketing. Everyone is an empowered marketer. Everyone is an empowered product developer. There's a place for everyone. And there's a sense of like two way value creation or shared value creation. Um, and so I took it upon myself to really like dive deep into the space. Um, and you know, I, uh, I thought that I was going to be spending more time, like taking what I was learning back to my like kind of web two clients. Um, and it, that's been really challenging. So I've sort of gone like full steam ahead into web three because it's really fun. It's really energizing. I believe in this technology. The people in this space are incredibly talented and inspiring and really energizing. Um, so sort of now I, I still have the studio and we still definitely do project work. Um, but I actually spend the bulk of my time on doing kind of like deep strategic work with a couple of I wouldn't even call them like they're not clients because they're like you know i i am a contributor um and so one of those is gitcoin um there are a couple of other ones that i've been working with and a new one that i'm um, really excited to start with uh next week um and really the bulk of that work is is the strategy piece um with gitcoin we just did um a sort of brand refresh light, I would say. There's a lot more evolution in our in our um, future with that, but that was an amazing project. And now we're working on, I'm working on, we're the teams on sort of what's the the um, branding look like for the different products, et cetera. Um, and yeah, and that's sort of where I am today. Um, I live in Brooklyn, but I split my time between Brooklyn and, and London, um, East London. Um, so I'm headed there in a couple of weeks. Um, so for those of you who are either Brooklyn-based or London-based listening to this, please hit me up. I love like collaborating. One, one of my friends through Web3 is coming over to co-work today. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's, I pretty much like don't have like, I don't believe in like work-life balance. I kind of like, it's like work is my life um, or it's part of my life in the same way that like socializing is part of my life. I host a lot of game nights. Um, what else? My hobbies include skiing, sailing. Yeah, that's like me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It sounds like uh, you're very much a follower of your your passion, uh, and totally. Yeah, you like to surround yourself with similar people. Um, the actual connecting dot between us was your friend Diana Richter, yes, uh, who was a former guest on the show. Amazing human, also lives in London. Um, <laughs> also, we were just on a ski trip together. So when I say there are no boundaries between work and life, there's no I just just live in. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's I want a quote from Matthew McConaughey, who is, you know, truly a, a wise voice in my, in my life. <laughs> I love that. I don't, you're the first person that's ever quoted Matthew McConaughey on the show. <laughs> 
just keep living. Yeah. He's great. He's great. Um, some more quotes in there. Maybe I'll, I'll pepper him in throughout. Let's go. Let's go. Those, those are the best uh, one-liners to throw in like the YouTube yeah. shorts and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go back though, to the beginning. Um, you started in corporate strategy. You went to brand strategy. You found your yeah. creative side. How do you define strategy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, it's sort of like life is either like solving problems or building solutions, right? So like strategy, you could position that as either one of those things. You don't want to build solutions for problems that don't exist yet. You don't want to always be looking like backwards at like just problems. So it's sort of a balance between those two things, I would say. Um, and I get this question a lot, like business strategy versus brand strategy. Like what's the difference? What do you do? Um, brand is like a very like emotional thing. Brand is not something that is like owned by the business unit. Um, even if they say they own it, they really don't. Brand is the audience, user, community, whatever you want to call it, um, interpretation um, and how they take in sort of all of those um, brand expressions and how it makes them feel. So that's kind of brand strategy, whereas business strategy is like, what are our goals, objectives, like KPIs? The two are definitely intertwined because brands should support your business goals. Um, but it's one way of driving that, right? So your business goals are, or your business strategy is, is also encompassing of, of product. Um, it's also encompassing of oftentimes, like how do we architect a community? Like there are lots of things that go into um, business strategy, um, primarily like whatever you're selling, right? That's like the one thing. Um, and then there are other ways, like other levers, right, that you pull. So it might be, you know, um, regional expansion. Um, it might be pricing. Like that's like more business, whereas brand is like all of those other, like how do we like emotionally connect? And then those other elements certainly tie into it. But um, a lot of what you know, the way people connect with the brand um, is more about like the visuals, the tone of voice, um, the uh, the different touch points, right? Um, the different like ways that you can cultivate like a con an emotional bond. Um, and so I do both of those things. Um, but primarily like my passion is where it, it is, is connecting like that emotional connection, which is why I love brand and brand strategy. And I think um, you know, it's a, it's a tough sell, um, because, you know, for, for a long time, it's been like a big investment, like to invest in brand, but actually if you really break it down, like it's pretty simple. Like, and I, that's why I love like word of mouth marketing because it's like, like, and brand is sort of like a part of that. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of how I, how I define those, those two things. Did that, did that answer the question? That was great. Um, what, how do you see the role of, uh, you know, corporate strategy versus brand strategy or and brand strategy in Web3? Like what, yeah. what state are we in there? Should we be focusing more on one? Are we currently focusing more on one? What are you saying? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I, uh, it's funny, I just, Awaki just tweeted uh, like this quote that was like, you know, culture will always be more important than strategy or something like that. I'm butchering the quote. Literally like seconds before I hopped on here and I was like, yeah, but like, we still need, we still need strategy. Um, I think like going back to what I said before, like you can't like, you can't, um, 
in Web3 in particular, uh, it's it's a little bit harder to like architect these things, right? They can't, they don't exist in a vacuum. They don't exist in a boardroom. They are uh, the byproduct a lot of times. If you're a, if you're a decentralized brand, I should say, or if you're a decentralized organization, um, it is something that uh, you have to kind of cultivate more organically. Um, but there is a lot of like, massaging that you you can do in, within an organization. So I think it's just a different approach, but it's it's not to say that these organizations should be without a strategy. Um, it's just a different approach to how you define that strategy, uh, in, my, in my opinion. Um, and I think you really want to align and engage a group of people in, a, in some kind of like vision or North Star, but then you also want to be able to you can't rely on a vision for to get people to that goal, right? Like you have to break it down further and define like, how are we gonna get there? And if people don't have that, it causes them to be like really confused. It causes a lot of like spinning of wheels and it causes a lot of like bad products to be made. Um, so I think like, it's not about like the strategy and being so rigid in it. It's about like defining a certain set of like, short-term and long-term goals that like people can work towards and have like, and create meaningful contributions around. Otherwise you just get people like, it's just chaos in my opinion. And I actually think that decentralized organizations like need more process and more structure in a lot of ways in order to operate effectively. Like this idea of decentralization, like independent contributors just going off and doing stuff like that doesn't really work and like you're going to run out of money to fund these things um unless like the community there's an appetite for it for what you're doing and then the community can fund it and there are certainly a ton of mechanisms out there for for people to spin out their own thing and do their own thing within an, a decentralized org but like i think you need to have some some structure in place so not so much corporate strategy just as like business strategy and like corporate i think you put that label on it and everyone is just like, no, I don't want to touch that. We're not corporate anti, but just because we're all here trying to like change the world or reinvent systems um, or create new systems doesn't mean that we have to like buck everything and like throw everything that has worked out the window. I think we need to like take what works and then like adapt it to these new like working realities. Um, and I think that, uh, that that also by us doing that, by us taking like these things that have worked and adopting them, it also brings us closer to the status quo. And so that will make people be like, oh, that that organization has a really great strategy. I can see it. I see where they're going. Or that organization is a brand that I believe in. I can trust it. That's what's going to get the next you know million users, billion users into Web3. It's not just like YOLOing, having no structure, no path, because how do you get people like to to get on board? And yes, there are some incredible leaders in this space who just are so great at motivating and um, making people feel empowered. But at the end of the day, if you want to really build like a sustainable organization, I think you need certain like structures in place. Um, I'll caveat that by saying like, it should not be so rigid that you feel like, constrained or confined and it should not be like overly prescriptive it should definitely be more of like um a living breathing thing that evolves and i find that that's the challenge with a lot of corporate uh, corporate strategies they're planning so far out 
they can't really see the trees um, through the, they, they're only looking at the forest. So like, I think a lot of orgs have the problem where they, you know, they can't see the the forest, the trees. And I think corporates have the problem where like, they can't actually like see the individual pieces and how they need to like alter their strategy because they're so focused on like what their, what the, what the vision is or the longer term things or the strategy itself. Um, and I think that like, vision without like kind of the mission and the pieces that ladder up to that is just kind of useless. That's interesting. So it's almost like there's a good balance between what's being done in this, you know, traditional corporate business world and what is being created with the values and the decentralization and the contributor style model of Web3. Totally. Yeah, completely. And I mean, I think that that like it's funny because we're building products or we're building brands or we're building tools, whatever we're building, like that's not what's revolutionary, you know? So think about how things get made, how things get built. Like that, like there are certain things that like you need to do in order to like build something that gets used by users or consumers. I know we don't like that word, but not all of your users will be contributors. Like that's just not, or if, if that's the case that like that, is challenging. Um, however, like you can have your contributors be users, which I think is definitely valuable. But I think thinking about like what we can borrow from, you know, more traditional industries or whatnot, and then what we can, what value we can add to the, to those so that people like can see themselves in, in web three more. And it doesn't feel like just such this, like intimate, it can feel very intimidating or very just like foreign. And so I think if we can borrow more from like what has worked and, and like then incorporate our, you know, new ways, new mechanisms that are working for us and that are laddering up to those values. And that's sort of the end, the end goal that, that I see. And I think, you know, a lot of organizations are realizing that. And I think that's why there's sort of web 2.5 concept has emerged. Um, and I think that, there's for certain organizations there is value to that there's value to being able to connect with the web 2 world sooner rather than later for some it it doesn't they're so steeped in web 3 it doesn't really matter and like that's not part of the goal and they can't be focusing on that audience because they're so the the web 3 world is relying on them or whatnot um you know organizations like like uniswap for example right like they don't although i do think that like user acquisition like you know, will will can will be more important, but like for now, there's such a you know a big fish in this small pond that like it's working. Um, but we have to grow Web three, so like we have to grow we have to grow our you know the amount of users in this space. Otherwise, we're all gonna fail. So I think like more orgs that like look towards that, um, and rather than kind of like these like circle jerks that are kind of emerging. Um, sorry, unpopular opinion yeah. slash like. Uh, maybe inflammatory language, but like, I think it's important to like invite other people to the table, like bring more people to the party. Um, and so orgs that like can be like, we want to be that person. We want to be that organization to do that. Um, I think that's like really powerful and maybe it is too early, um, but I think it will be necessary. I love that. Now I know why Diana recommended you for the show. <laughs> Like one of my favorite people in the whole world. So uh, I have to say, you're like you're you know preaching to the choir here. Um, I that's my whole goal with the show is to make people realize that 
um, working with corporate partners, adopting strategies and, and ideas and tactics that have worked before is not like the end of the world. Like it's not, you're not sacrificing your identity yeah. by, by doing that. Um, and yeah. I, I think that you, you put it beautifully earlier when you said there's a balance, right? Um, yeah. There's certain brands or certain things that you do within brands and Web3 that are just uniquely Web3, right? Um, I don't think every Web2 company should have a Discord, right? Like, for instance, it's no. like, a really, <laughs> like a really broad example, but like that there's certain things that you don't need to do, right? And not every <laughs> consumer brand should have an NFT, right? Totally. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I've, I've got, I, I work with Protein and Protein Community a lot. They're an agency based, well, they're, primarily based in Amsterdam, but also London. Um, and they worked on the, um, the Nike dot swoosh project, which was, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to share, but sorry, sorry, Will, if I'm not allowed to share, but the original brief was for, to create a discord community. And they were like, no, like, <laughs> don't do this. This should not be the route. And that's like web three. Like they, what I think protein is doing a really great job. They have like this extension of their agency, which is the community. And it's a lot of more web three native individuals. So they bring those to the table when working with bigger clients super unique value proposition that I feel like bigger agencies should should follow because you've got big agencies, people who aren't really steeped in the space. And they're like proposing these very costly initiatives that brands follow through with, they don't see an ROI on, and then they abandon web three. If you work with an agency that they're, you know, obviously brands with big budgets, they want to work with established agencies they're not going to go to the web3 agencies that's why i think it's really smart to have like a web3 kind of arm or community of your agency that you can pull talent from anyway that's to say what dot swoosh ended up with is just purely like kind of web 2.5 it's like existing only on instagram they're using like um you know i think you know a wallet integration tool that makes it just a super seamless experience um and so i think you know if they had gone the discord route all of their NFT, like bots would have descended. They would have lost user trust. Like people would have abandoned it. And I think we've seen that with a lot of these other projects. Um, and so finding like that, that balance is like what these big brands need. And these big brands can like inject cash into this space. Unfortunately, a lot of these initiatives have sort of fallen flat. And so they are, um, they're not willing to invest right now. And I think that's, you know, a challenge. And I think the, like there needs to be more uh, of an effort between, um, you know, these bigger corporates and these sort of smaller like Web3 native orgs or like the agencies that are like the go-betweens between the two to actually like partner and really like, um, you know, like create more meaningful um, experiences or activations. Um, otherwise, like I'm a little worried, um, but I, I definitely feel like there are, you know, some new protocols and tools that are kind of actively trying to bridge that gap, whether it be, um, you know, co-create or um, unlock or playground, like they're, they're emergent, but I think um, there's definitely something that I, I think that's sort of like the direction for creating um, more, uh, more of a partnership, I guess. Yeah, I think having gone through the uh, what am I going to do in Web3, but I know I want to be here carousel in my own career, you know, the 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 natural tendency for someone that has degened on NFTs or degened in DeFi yeah. for a long time is like, I can be a community manager. Um, you guys should totally set up a Discord and then you should totally launch an NFT and then you should launch more NFTs and you're going to have all this extra revenue. And like, that that's... 
taking yeah. from someone who's never done strategy consulting for a business before. And yeah. it was okay at that point for them because they're like, oh, you you have this many NFTs and you've done this and Web3 is hot right now. Well, now that Web3 is not hot, right? Um, you're starting to realize that you've got to take a step backwards yeah. and start to trust the people who have built out this stuff before. Yeah. And, and community management is not, I go in the discord and I say GM, like that <laughs> is not community management is thinking about like, what does this community need? What are the systems? What are the tools? What are the, um, you know, things that are going to be meaningful to them? Like what are the kind of events or what are the, what is the, like, what do we want to create to get like all of those things like that's community management um and i think for some reason it became i manage the discord and therefore like i moderate or whatever but like no like community management also is like not the responsibility of a single person you can have definitely people like own it right and like own parts of it but like we as community members are also community managers and like we need to take that accountability on our on ourselves to in order to have like thriving communities like if i'm just like mm, let me let that let me let someone else handle this like no when you're in an actual community it's based on mutuality and trust and i contribute things i receive i give i take like that's community and so there's no there's no manager like maybe there are certain people who are responsible for certain things but when you think about how communities are structured like real communities like you don't have someone who's responsible for saying hello to everyone every day like <laughs> no, that's everyone's responsibility you know like and I, and I think like i don't know when i don't know when that happened that it was like we need like these people to be like they're like uh they're like fire starters at like a at like a bar mitzvah, you know? Oh, yeah, let's yeah. go. You got cold farts. We don't need that. If we're trying to build like a true community here, that's not authentic. So I don't know. That's another. I idea. love that analogy, by by the way. Like we don't need the people with sparklers and bottles at Las Vegas cabanas as our community managers. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you can have that person, but like, let's call them that, you know, let's yeah. they're the hype man. And like, let's yeah. call it that because then people get it. Like, that's not like, I think we just need to be more realistic about the roles and responsibilities on the actual members of the community. Like we are all responsible for community management in the same way that like we are all also responsible for shilling. Like if you decentralize shilling, it it's just literally me telling you about a thing that I'm excited about, which is so powerful. Like word of mouth marketing. <laughs> it is. And word of mouth marketing, like kind like that was like what made social media so cool. But then it became, um, you know, we, we put a price on it. Um, but we've got an opportunity in web three, like you don't need a price on it because you're a token holder. So like you're incentivized to market already. Um, and that built-in incentive is really powerful um, and really, I think, what's going to disrupt or is already disrupting, um, you know, traditional social media uh, marketing uh, or performance marketing. Because, like, yeah, like, there's an incentive for me to talk about this stuff because I'm a contributor and I'm an owner and that's really revolutionary. How do you distinguish though? Because coming from the, I think all of this was born out of NFT communities, by the way, mm -hmm. um, which we needed to pave the way. I, I get it um, to, to realize the power of co-creation and building a community and stuff like that. Um, but like, 
when I was in Deadfellas and I was gung ho on Deadfellas and it was, you know, worth whatever, four ETH or whatever, I was all like posting on there, Deadfellas is the best. I got GM, like boom, boom, boom. Here's my fellas. This is my favorite fella. Da, 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 da. Now, when I see people do that, I cringe. Yeah. Well, I was kind of always cringing. I was just, I was by <laughs> what was happening. I was like, this is ridiculous. You're telling this photo of this ape. Like, I was never into NFTs. Um, NFT and like people are like now they're like the the word utility is like you know <laughs> whatever but like no like it's not utility it's like the you're part of a community what can we do together what can we create shilling for the purposes of just driving up your token price like or your or your NFT floor like that is not what I mean I mean like you are excited about what is what you're doing with this community what you guys are co-creating and i think um those people like aped into things based off of the price and like a roadmap that might not have been like fully baked um again like it's funny like you had a manifest like a manifesto and a roadmap and like a bunch of money and then it's funny like at gitcoin we talk about this a lot because it became really easy to raise funds and then really Alexa, hard to figure out Alexa. how to distribute them based off well, of like how these communities were created. So, and then prices just went, you know, just plummeted. And so then treasury, like it just, it created like a lot of challenges for these communities to like build something like sustainable. Um, but also like, you recruited a bunch of community members on like the basis of what. And so I think that's again, why like kind of like vision and strategy become really important, both of them, because vision is one thing, but if you don't have like a plan for how to get there, that's like actually realistic, you know, and doesn't rely. And I think, again, I'm not like hating on that. We needed them to pave the way. I totally agree with that. But I think when you look back at like a lot, what a lot of those roadmaps were, but also like what the incentives were, like they weren't, the incentives were kind of like very, they were very heavy on um, things that were not, probably not sustainable in terms of like cultivating real community and, and making, and making money or like reinvent, like reinvesting. Like, I think <clears throat> I look at what nouns is doing now. And I, it's really interesting, although I have like I, I see the the both sides, like the, the good and the bad of nouns, but like they've created this like sustainable, like this this flywheel of um of just like you know, you this like proliferation that also uh consistently means like recurring um funds coming in. Um I think how the again how they allocate those funds and also like the makeup of that community, right? Given the floor price, it, you know, I think there are definitely like some drawbacks, but I think like there's a mechanism there that, you know, pro, like that creates longevity. Um, and I think, you know, they, uh, they definitely have like, you know, it, it's the community is, is certainly like creating things and like they've got this community that's like actively like in pursuit of like proliferating the meme and like they're it, it all kind of ties together for me um in terms of like what they say they're doing and what they're doing you know and i think a lot of that was like lost with these nft projects because they didn't really know what they didn't know no one knew you know and so i think um 
I, I think there's a novelty to it and there are certain projects that will always have that, right? Being the first. Um, but like in terms of like what they're becoming, I think like that we only, we can only have so many that are trying to be the next like Disney or something or the next like, um, you know, major, like the next Jam City, the next major gaming company. Um, and I think, you know, they're, I don't really know what the internal makeup or decision-making rights or like how those organizations are actually structured, but I certainly know the DAOs that I'm a part of, like we decide on things together and like, we are also like working as like teams and it's really hard, but like the DAO, I think the DAO space is like much more poised for like more meaningful, like innovation potentially. Um, I don't know. I, I vacillate because I'm also like, a DAO is not an ideal structure to ship product, um, but I'm watching it happen in real time and it's making me more optimistic. Um, and I also think that like the like innovation in a DAO like environment is like there is just um, is rampant. Like there are just so many ideas and you can like spin up ideas. You can immediately kind of test concept, test them and iterate. So I just love like DAOs as a model for that. And I think, a lot of these NFT projects are sort of shifting and trying to shift into like true DAOs. And I think that will sort of like time will only tell, um, like your company, your DAO or your organization is called dead fellas. Like, what does that, what does that mean? You know, like, what do you stand for? Like, what are you going to build? Like if you're a DAO, like, I don't know. I think they have to define that. And I think a lot of like, a lot of them are, are, uh, figuring out what that, what that looks like, what that sustainable model looks like. Yeah, I think I'm the more I talk about DAOs, um, the more I consider it kind of similar to the term Web3, which is like, it's just a super easy term for everybody to recognize how people organize in Web3, like or organize in this space. Like Web3 was like everything from blockchain, right? <laughs> which which really should have been the, like really is the third iteration of the web, a separate conversation. But DAOs are really just, this is the way people congregate and make things happen in this space. DAOs are co-ops. Like, they're not really, most of them are not really DAOs. They're not really. Well, yeah, we've got a lot of dinos out, DAO and name only. Um, I love that term. Um, Wait, what was that? Dinos, DAO and I name I heard that. <laughs> I love that. Just dropping all, all the knowledge. Um, yeah, and I, I've been part of those too. Um, I think like uh, there's like, like when you think about like different structures, like um, a like decentralized work, like you don't have to be a full DAO to really like, like, you know, embody these practices. I think there are like, there will be lots of different, like there a DAO, like the label DAO encompasses a lot of definitions and like a lot of DAOs are still trying to figure out what being a DAO means to them. And then a lot of non DAOs are figuring out how do we DAO. Um, and I think like this, again, this will, this is also ever evolving um, in real time. Um, and I think like, what is cool about the Dallas space is that we're, I feel like they're all very actively like watching each other and like talking to one another. Um, at least I hope, at least, and I, and I think we're seeing more of that, that need for like DAOs to get together and be like, what are you, what are you thinking about this stuff? And like, what, like, here's how we approach this. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, because like you can, we have seen DAOs learn from like past DAOs mistakes, um, or like their successes. And I think that's really great. I think that like, the idea of like a decentralized um, autonomous organization, like 
the co like co-ops were like the first version of a DAO um, or like unions even like my dad was a you know he was the president of a, a labor union and I, I grew up like with a lot of the same language that we use in the DAO space like with that just like being like talk at the dining room table um, and I think like these are not you know, crazy new things like the uh, so much of this is tied to like human psychology, right? Or in like and like game theory or you know swarm theory, like all of these things. Um, and I think that you know we're we're still kind of figuring it out. And like we as humans like to put labels on things, like that's what we like we to, to do. And I think that um, like, we need to like further decentralize these concepts, right? And, like, <laughs> more interpretations because like there's not one single way i mean we I, I will i could go off on a tangent right now talking about the definition of public goods right like there are the official definitions and then there are the definitions that the people decide and like that is that happens all the time people like remix things and certainly happens with brand all the time. And that's like the goal, right? Like that's what you want to see. You want people to put their spin on it. And if we treat these things like so preciously, I think it kind of like kills the momentum and kills the magic. And um, so I do think like Web3 is like embracing this, like sort of this idea of like, like organizations as like these living, breathing, like biomes or like organisms. And I think that's really cool. And that means that like evolution will inherit, like inherently happen. It's embedded into what we're doing. And I think we're, we're kind of, we're kind of seeing that, but it's all tied to like, like it didn't just start with web three. It's like tied to lots of these, like, you know, there's so many references throughout history that you can um, look at, you can point to and say, oh yeah, I see that in, in web three and like certain ideologies. And I think uh, that's, because we're trying to figure out like more meaningful ways to work together, to connect, to build, to um, really like uh, uh, have like meaning in our lives and have a better world. And so I, I think it's no surprise that it's tied to these like very like, like there's just, it, it's ev everything that we've ever done as humans has brought us to, as humans and as, as like, there's so much that's just like in web three that is like, based in nature. Right. And I think like that's, uh, that looking at all of that and taking that into consideration, it, it makes it okay that like, we don't have all the answers kind of figured out and that we are sort of like evolving. Yeah. That's, that is very interesting. I kept thinking of, of, of a somewhat word cause we got to put labels on things, right. Uh, ecosystems. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think again, community ecosystems, like these words are also sort of like culture, like these are, like words that are being kind of, uh, I don't I'm being know. a bit selfish here, by the way, too. <laughs> I, I just had a cast on Warpcast. Uh, like, what do you call groups of people that have shared values, that have pools of capital, that are trying to effectuate an end that aligns with those values? And I think right now you'd call it a DAO, but like in reality, what is that? And then also on top of that, how are they connected? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you think about like the, ecosystem right like you could be um what what are the level it's like ecosystem and there's like biome like there's all like biosphere like if you think about like levels in nature like it's all still connected to like whatever like the smallest cell right and cells operate like like a lot of different like a lot of organisms operate right so i think um you know thinking about uh like organizations like that 
um, is really interesting. And like, we are very much like all sort of interconnected and we're even more interconnected when you're thinking about like, you know, being on a, on chain, right. Um, and, and what chain you're on and how those chains communicate with each other. And, and I think that's, that's really cool. I also think what's cool is that we can now like really look at these, at these networks, um, in like, and looking at like sort of, um, I, I love like no, like knowledge graphs and, and like social knowledge graphs, especially, but like thinking about like how we're all interconnected and how we can now like visualize that um, in an even more compelling way with on-chain data. It's just like really powerful to see um, and like seeing kind of the ripple effects of of the work that we do is, is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, like definitely anything that, I, I love any sort of uh, labels or metaphors that tie to nature because I just, I feel like that's like, it feels right, right? Like we want to get closer to nature in the in the work that we're doing as, as humans. So I think it's, I'm, I'm on board with, with the ecosystem language, but I think like that when you talk to anyone outside of Web3, it might not like hit as, as clearly, you know? And so when you're like, we're a tool for building ecosystems or what I, I mean, the marketing jargon in the space, I just, I'm like, I can't anymore. Um, <laughs> like, strip it out. Like I was reading an article in the LA times the other day about this guy that decentralized his podcast. He sold it to the employees. And I was like, cool. If DAOs could market, like this article could be about any DAO. There's no web three language, or it could be about any sort of like, um, a DAO or an NFT, like whatever it is, like, it was just like very much like, oh, I'm a normal person. And I, I get this, like the concepts were all there, the shared owner, all, all of it was like very well, like unpacked. And I was like, mean, but then you, you start to add all these words that people get intimidated by. And then it like, they're like, what? Or that they really don't understand. Or you get too hung up on this broad vision, once again, that people can't really see themselves in it, or like, they can't see the reality. Like, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean for me in my, in my day to day? Like I, like I, one of my, I feel like favorite tweets that I ever tweeted out was like, you know, uh, brand vision, save the world, product reality, save user time and money. And like, that's what I think, like we all kind of have to start thinking about in this space. If we want to actually like, if we want to be around, right. Like we have to find a way to like, you know, like, resonate with people and continue to grow. And I'm not saying grow, like proliferated, like insane hockey stick growth, this like fabricated growth that we've seen. Cause I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but like, uh, I think we know how small the space is. Like we need to continue to grow it. And also like these organizations need to continue to find, like figure out ways to grow sustainably. Um, and they need to figure out ways to regenerate as well. Um, and I think regenerative systems also are like embedding those into our organizations. And like, that means like coming up with like new ways to like fund our, you know, fund these initiatives and then allocate capital, like all of that, it's all, it's all interconnected. Um, but I think it really like, it, it really starts with like thinking about how we tell stories that are going to like resonate with the people that we want to, to build with. Um, so yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent there. <laughs> tangents are the freaking best. I, I embrace all tangents. I will never stop. My, my brain kind of just works like that. I'm like here and then over there. And then, I'm, you know, it's just like, again, that like dot connection factor. 
Oh, I love that. I mean, look, at the end of the day, everything's kind of connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, if you've ever watched, uh, I have to recommend any type of documentary on fungus. Oh, <laughs> it's oh. I mean, quite interesting. Branding, it's all about my, our, our uh, sort of the concept around the, the new branding is, is biomimetic magic. So it has to do with like mycelial networks and mimetics and this idea of like, like nature, but also like, nature is sort of equal parts math and magic, right? Like there's so much structure to it, but so much of it, it's like, we don't, it's just why it just is how it is. And um, yeah, I like mycelial networks and, and fungi have been a huge, huge, huge influence like in the work that we're doing, but like also just in general, like I, you know, I, I, I worked on, I worked with a team at, at Coordinate on their, on their rebrand and like that, like mycelial networks were a huge source of inspiration behind that. And I think, like there's that symbiosis. Um, there's like just so much of uh, how mycelial networks bloom is is sort of the ambition that we have for these these community or these organizations, and that's really beautiful um, and really inspiring to me, and something that I definitely like geek out on a lot. But also something that I think um, you know resonates also with like people who are maybe not as involved on the tech side, but are more involved on like the art side or like the, the ideas that I think we want to embed in our organization don't just like attract necessarily the, the, like a single type of person, um, but they attract like different perspectives. And so kind of crafting stories, narratives, building brands that like can bring multiple like people who bring different perspectives and ideas as well as skills to the table is like also part of part of the goal. At the same time as like when you're developing like product narratives, they need to fulfill like specific goals and objectives and you have to have very clear audiences in mind. I think sometimes that's the difference between like brand and product. Um, but I think, you know, the brand can have <clears throat> a much more larger vision and like you want people you want contributors in your organization that aren't all, you know, devs or something, right? Even though your product might be specifically for devs, you know? And so um, I think that some of these ideas, um, right? Like when you talk about like nature and, and like harmony, like these are things that bring in, you know, people who, um, individuals who might be more excited about, uh, you know, not necessarily the, the tech, but like the beauty of like the concepts and they might want to be contributing like to art or to, they might want to write or like you, I mean, and I think like we need those people and like those different like fibers come together to weave like a much more beautiful, you know, fabric um, and strengthen, right? The, like those fibers independently are, you know, weak, but together they're much stronger. And so I think like that's, that's the idea. And I think brand is an, is a really like tying it back to brand. Brand is a really important tool for for um, attracting um, attracting those people. So I, I, we've talked a lot about Gitcoin. Uh, I I know what Gitcoin is. Um, some of my audience may not know what Gitcoin is. I'd love for you to to kind of share high level what Gitcoin is, what yeah. you're doing there, and then I want to want to get into uh, how you are rethinking what a community is because I know you have some really interesting thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Gitcoin um, basically creates tools that um, enable communities to fund their shared needs. So, um, or really, I think we're, we're sort of shifting to this language on like funding and protecting what matters. Um, but essentially, 
the ambition of Gitcoin is to really bring about a better world that's like enabled by community-led positive change. So like communities really being the ones to change the world. And they can only do that if they have ways to um, effectively allocate capital and also like effectively safely uh, uh, allocate that capital. So like that kind of protection element comes into play there. So Gitcoin started um, a while, like five years ago as, um, you know, essentially a um, a bounties platform um, where uh, open source software developers could come, um, you know, fulfill a bounty and get paid for it. Because at that, at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of like funding for open source software. So but the the bounty model was like very like transactional um, and didn't really like create it wasn't like sustainable. So Gitcoin uh, actually inspired by Vitalik's uh, paper on quadratic funding, um, uh, they um, adopted this like quadratic funding model that would allow them to um, create a grants program or grants program model that instead of, you know, essentially there's a matching pool that gets raised uh, and then that matching pool gets distributed based off of not the size of the donations the community received, but the number. So it really favors like the many over the few, right? So if you're a community, you participate in the grants program, you essentially do a crowdfund, right? You you get your community to donate. They can donate in as little as like a you know a, a dollar or whatever. You get them to donate, <clears throat> and then after the round closes, the communities that have the highest number of donors, not necessarily the highest amount, they get a a a, um, a larger uh, uh, size of the matching pool. So. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like a really novel mechanism, and Gitcoin has since been exploring other novel mechanisms for um, for funding. Uh, we've got a new protocol uh, that is launching called Allo Protocol. It's all about you know these different allocation mechanisms, um, and it has it's built on a series of of different smart contracts that you know really um, are more closely tied to governance than anything else, but then have this like these allocation tools. Uh, incorporated into them. So quadratic voting, quadratic funding, and then we're going to explore additional tools. So um, there's a really robust kind of product pipeline around enabling communities to to uh, allocate these funds and distribute them, um, whether it's more democratically or just more aligned with their mission and values. Um, that was a little bit long-winded, but basically TLDR, Gitcoin is is creating new mechanisms or new tools for communities to fund what what matters to them. How do you go out and market that in a way that people can understand? Because I'm sure you're not going to lead with quadratic voting by Vitalik Buterin. Oh, I'm glad, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because we have been leading with quadratic funding, and I interesting. Been, um, very like it. It oh. is the how. It is absolutely the how. It is the the magic. Well, not magical. It's very much real. Um, it is the thing though that that makes it possible. But what I what I often say to the team is like people don't really care about the how. They care about like what is the benefit to me. So a lot of what I've, you know, what we've our new campaign is fund what matters, right? Like, what do you care about? Now go out and fund it, you know? And and I think that has really hit home with a lot of people. It like it it has the the sort of the real right the math of the fund mixed with like the magic which is like the what matters there's like an emotional connection to that um and then it comes about like okay then then they're gonna ask like well what look but like not how does it work but like how do i do that and that's where it comes into like 
the product piece. And we run a, like our biggest product to date has been, or product or whatever it is, is, is the grants program. So the program like has had a very different marketing strategy, right? Getting grantees in the door, getting, getting matching pool donors, et cetera. Whereas like the protocol, we have to really break it down like the, the, what it is. And then we've actually built apps on top of the protocol that sort of sit in between the program and the protocol. And then we'll have to have like specific marketing for those apps. So it's all about like, who is the user and then how do we tailor messages to them? So having a big overarching message, but then having sort of those product level messages. Um, and we're working through that right now. Um, but like, it's about getting like really specific around like the benefit, um, and like, how this matters to me. So kind of what I said before, like the save the world, save user time and money. Um, so thinking about like how we, how we position the products like that is, and, and we're also working on like new, like kind of sub brand initiatives for our protocols as well. Um, so that's all sort of like in, in play. And I think it's like a, you know, a test and learn thing, right? Like we're testing out new tactics, new messages all the time, because what resonates with like the core web three regen degen is not what like the UNICEFs of the world are going to care about. And we want, we want them to partner with us too. So we have to sort of, uh, it's, it's kind of like uh, titration or, or triage in a lot of ways. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing on an ongoing basis, um, both from a, from a marketing as well as from a, from a product perspective. But, um, but yeah, so sort of we're evolving. That's what we, we say. We're, we're, we're always in, we're always evolving. Another new term, regen, degen. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean the re the regens are are yeah, they're are uh they're our core and, and they're amazing and um yeah, it's a, a great community. Uh but we are the opportunity like an, an allo protocol, the it's just expansive, it's limitless and it's really about like wanting to get people who want to be creative and, and imagine new new uh new futures. And so uh, we're, we're trying to be more expansive in terms of how we also like talk to people as well. That makes sense. So switching gears to the community side, I know you you've done a lot of deep thinking about what it takes to be a community. And uh, from our first conversation, I realized that it has to start on a very small scale, right? Mm -hmm. And and start with you know, maybe four or five people almost of, of yeah. that are dedicated to this. And as you talked about community earlier in this conversation, uh, my label uh, that came up was the kind of intentional empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that like, everybody is wants to be a part of a community, and they don't necessarily know how to contribute. So you've kind of got to build the rails for yep. people that contribute in different ways. And by the way, that's not just marketing, sales, uh, dev, whatever. It's like, uh, a good example for me is like, I'm not big on hopping in discords and just yeah. talking about things. But I'm huge at being like, hey, you want to hop on a call? Let's chat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how, how do you think about community and building solid communities from the foundation up? And then how do you think about that idea of kind of intentional empowerment? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, a lot of communities do start with like, you know, a couple of people. Um, I know, I mean, I've, I um, started a, a women's, um, my friend and I started a, a women's community uh, here in New York. And it literally started with like, I would meet different women in emerging tech and we would be like, oh, like they'd be like, want to grab coffee? And I just finally was like, I put them all in a group chat and I was like, all, all of you come to my house. Like, when can you come? And let's like have a, like, let's just hang out. And like, Love it. it's called her house. And like, that's what it has just become because it started like at my house. And um, it's a bunch of women, but like, there's that. And then it's like, okay, people like 
they know they kind of people don't even oftentimes know what they're really good at contributing so like think about that they don't even know and then also you're just leaving it open-ended for them so they're like shit like i don't even know what i could contribute it's like you're building self-awareness I know what I'm good at, but like i don't know what you need and i don't know what i'm good so like you get a lot of people maybe in a discord who are just sitting ducks and so i think you have to kind of create um opportunities but also you have to create some like again it comes back to like structure and like you know you can't like architect a community i think it does evolve on its own and you can't be like we need this person for this like at like when you're just in those early stages of building so it's hard but i think it's about like communication and so i think the most important thing is making sure that your community has the right tools for communicating with each other and discord i think expecting everyone to sit in a discord is how luxurious is that who has the time i mean i i do because i work for dows but like no no and so i actually end up not participating in a lot of communities that i would love to participate in because they're only on discord and i only sit in discord if someone's paying me to sit in discord <laughs> um, i was gonna say I, it i'm glad you did <laughs> like, come on. i i just i i don't like it i don't like the interface i think it's crazy that you're any anyway, a lot of things but but like what what is that what are those other touch points is it irl events i think local events are really important creating space for people to come and like organically connect i also think like smaller group chats i think like I find Telegram overwhelming, but like it's a reality of Web3. It's another platform that if you're personally contacting me on there or if you're like a hobby community like or a, or a social community, I won't tune in and let, I'm, I'm there for work, you know? So I think that it's very different for every single person. So you need to like really, as you're building, you need to get to know what works for people. And then I think you need to like also like give them something that they can like get excited about, not just a vision, but like, specific things that are happening and you have to like kind of transparently communicate and you have to create opportunities for people to see themselves in in the work um and so i think you know as you get to know your community also like what are we building maybe thinking about how people can fit into it and like what people are good at as you learn so I think it's like a, a blend again of like creating like very intentional like tooling um as well as like touch points right like regular, like you want to keep momentum going. So you need regular touch points and then enabling co-creation. And that doesn't mean like a call for someone to like do a task. It means like a, Hey, I'm thinking about this thing. Anyone want to like jam on this? And like, I think like this idea of like a jam session with like intentional outcomes, like, I think that's also like really powerful when it comes to like co-creating. Um, and so it starts with that. It starts with like co-building something together and then creating those continuous touch points where you can continuously co-create. Um, I think that's very important. And then it becomes about like, okay, oftentimes, okay, then we're building a product. So like, how do we structure incentives around that? And then how does ownership come into this? And then ownership starts to follow as you're building that community because people want to know that their work is being valued. And I think honestly, like more DAOs need to think about compensation more intentionally because to expect people to work for free indefinitely is just, especially like right now, yes, people will do it. They will, they will, people will work for free, but you're also gonna immediately cut out a bunch of people who won't and that's gonna suck for you. But also like, why are we expecting people to work for free? Like, 
that's just shit, you know? So I think like getting real about that. And if it is about like shared ownership, then be super transparent about the timelines and like stick to them because otherwise you're kind of, you know, screwing people over. So I think like paid community is very different. That's if you're shaping, like if you're building something for a product, organic community can still exist unpaid, but I think you need to know which one you're playing in um, and be really real about that. It makes a lot of sense. I keep, I keep thinking about how some communities will make a habit of giving an announcement for someone that came up with a really good idea that changed the way that they were structured or an initiative or added a new channel, um, which I think is a good start. Yeah. But it's, is it sustainable? I don't know. Right. Yeah. How do you keep that person that has the good idea coming back again and again and again? Um, I, you know, I've, I've fallen victim to it myself where I'm just like, well, that was fun, but now I've got this other thing I'm doing right now. And it doesn't involve being in your discord for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think again, this, when we move away from being a capitalist society, whenever that happens, maybe this can all like, we can barter things. I don't know. I'll, you can, we can compensate each other, but like until that is a reality, like I think we just need to get a little bit more real about that. And like, <clears throat> and yeah, like what is like what does it look like when you're just a, a there hanging out versus you're there to actually like if you're there to hang, if you're there for the vibes and it's not about like shipping product and you're not trying to monetize, then that's very different from like no, we're actually trying. So like our her house community, there's no compensation, there's no fee. We actually like will have like a, a gate for membership, but like it's just there and like we're not trying to build products, so like there is no. There's no money here. So that's very different from like, no, we're trying to ship. And then you got to like think about your community very differently. And your community essentially is your contributors and contributors should tie to compensation. I think Gitcoin has done an amazing job at like at that for the DAO, but then thinking about wider community, right? Because there are rings of community, right? There's not just your contributors. How do we keep them engaged? And they're not doing things though. They're not building stuff. They're just, a, you know, they are a uh they are either users or they're an audience or they're people who are passionate about it um they might be token holders like again though that comes back to like incentives and i think incentive structures like at different layers or levels of community are really important to think about because like compensation is one incentive but then there are many others and figuring out which ones work for which layers and like which um or maybe not layers i think there can be layers, but then there are also, there's also like a pod model of communities where it's like, I'm in this sort of sub community, but I'm also yeah. in this one. And like, this one's doing one thing and this one's doing a different thing. But like, I think those different structures and then aligning incentives with those different structures is sort of the future of how we think more intentionally about, about community and not just putting everyone into this like catch all. Like, and I think discord is a great example. Like you just throw everyone into a discord and like, that's not community, you know? And so facilitating these other opportunities that are really in tune with what people are looking to get out of the community. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know if people come to communities looking to get more than community out of it, but we've slapped this label on a lot of these things and they're doing way more than like community. Like, so I think, you know, it's very different. Um, it's like very, depending on like, again, like goals, objectives, and like, you know, outputs, you need sort of different incentives and different community structures. Yeah. I think it like goes back to what we were talking about earlier. When you take a step back, it's just a group of people 
that have shared values, shared interests, getting together. And there is a pool of capital that was started. Like, yeah. uh, like whether, whether they, those people are actually voting to spend it, you know, that depends on like what type of community it is. But like, maybe the word's not community. Maybe it's not DAO. Yeah. You know, maybe there is a, a better word for that. Uh, you know, maybe it's a society. I don't know, right? Like, yeah. it could go anywhere, but that's the basis. And yeah. so if you take it from that basis, then you can build out the incentive structures, hopefully at some point to figure out how to keep that group of people together, which yeah. is just really the ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it's like fascinating to see like what people come up with and what they prioritize in terms of what they want to build. Um, and like no shade on certain communities wanting to build things that like, you know, doing the best they can do. Yeah. Like they can, they, they have the, they pooled the capital and if they vote on it, then like, that's great. Or like if they, however they choose. And I think that's why thinking of new ways of allocating capital is really compelling. But I think also just like, um, we also don't need to get so hung up on the words. Like people are like, well, it's not a community or like it is. It's just like, what, what's the work? What's the, what are you doing? Do the work, just do the work. Like, or do, they're trying, or they're trying to get more like, followers. You know, like, I think that again is this like propensity, right? Like we are so hardwired to like, grow and build and like all of these things. And like, you could just hang, you could just do nothing. Do you even need a, a pool of capital? Like what is it? And I think again, like. I'll tell you one of my favorite use cases is just recreating the salon. Oh, right? totally. Right. Like, and that doesn't require any type of business or anything. It's literally just people in there vibing out, loving a thing, or actually, loving yeah, that I, thing. That's literally what her house what like we call them like living room sesh. Um, and that's like what we were doing a lot. And like people really respond to that. And now we're taking that concept. Um, and we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm actively like, like I've, I've done this with other smaller groups. Like I've like packed it out as they do these great kickbacks and like they, there's just all these other like where, but that's what people want. People have like conference fatigue. They want to get together, um, <clears throat> congregate, share ideas. And then if like, they choose to fund one of those ideas together. That's cool. Um, but I think like the salon itself, like that's, that can be free or that can be communally owned without being, communally, like, you know, like you paid for the snacks this week. I'm going to pay for the snacks next week, whatever it is. But like, we're thinking about that too at, at Gitcoin. We've got this shelling point conference or it's sort of like an extension of like, we'll do it as a day at ETH Denver or we partner with, with protocol labs and funding the commons to do a stage one year. And now we're thinking about what are the other formats of this? Because like the idea of a shelling point is really just that. It's getting, it's it's creativity, it's idea sharing, it's like energizing each other, it's connecting. Um, and uh, with like, you know, again, a lot of the time shared values and shared goals. And so like the salon format is actually one that we're thinking about. Like how can we introduce this? And we can like therefore not have one shelling point per year or two per year, but we can have lots of them and we can, we can decentralize this, this, this idea that, and we can have localized shelling points. And like, that is what's also like, again, decentralization. I, I just love that as a concept because like, yeah, then shelling point could be happening here in Brooklyn and we can be talking about how to, instead of like funding, you know, the next, like fu funding the next big open source software platform or whatever, we can talk about how we're going to fight food sovereignty or, or um, fight food deserts in, in Bushwick, you know, and like, that's like the power of what we're doing here. It's like that can actually happen. And that's really cool. And I feel like um, the, 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 uh, the term like touch grass has become so like, 
it's just like, uh, it's so cringe now, but like all of these DAOs could benefit from like a touch grass moment when, where you're like, how is what we're doing actually impacting like my community, like my, uh, my real community, you know, like the community that I live in, like the, the place where like, you know, if you've got where your kids go to school or, you know, the, the restaurant, your favorite restaurant, like that's like really like the applications of this technology and the things that we're building in that sense is like also just so compelling and so exciting for me. And like, that's like how we also connect these like internet communities back to like the, the real communities, um, which I think is really, really cool. And almost then it's necessary. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we, well, yeah, we're not going to change the, the world with, with protocols, you know? Um, yes. Protocols underlying foundational tech of how we can change the world, but like people need to use them um, or people need to use what's on them or what what's on them needs to benefit real people in the real world. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like, I don't know. I mean, we could just all go to Mars with Elon and just let everybody just leave them in the dust. But I'm not of that camp. I'm very much of the let's uh, let's actually like use what we're doing to really change things on on the ground. Um, and because we can. And that's really exciting. Love that. Oh, I, you, you've got me all fired up over here. I think there's going to have to be a post conversation. There's some ideas that are swelling in my head. Love but, it. Love uh, it. We're, we're kind of rounding out the hour here. And uh, I have these two traditional closing questions that I have ever, ask every single guest. Uh, the first one is How do you describe Web3? Ooh. Um, Web3 is a. Hmm. It's a means to a new end, or it's sort of the uh, the underlying technology for uh, enabling new ways of sharing ownership and collaborating. That's not super compelling. Again, like I think uh, there, I think the point of defining Web three is that like it is different for how you're who you're talking to. So I can't come up with some generic definition because it's going to sound, I'm trying to encompass all of these things. But if I was going to describe Web3 to a brand, I'd be like, this is a new foundational layer of your marketing tech stack. You know, like this is like new ways of cultivating loyalty, building relationships and rewarding customers. Like that is very different from how I would describe it to, uh, you know, someone who is looking to use crypto uh, as a new, um, you know, uh, uh, currency for their community. Like, so I think that I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not going to define, I'm not going to give you a single definition of web three, but if you want to talk about specific ones, I'm here, I'm here for that. <laughs> That's why I changed the question. Actually. I used to say, how do you define web three? Now I say, how do you describe? Web3? Oh, describe web three. Oh, yeah. okay. Hmm, okay. Just, I don't know. That's a, that's a nuance that I'm not, I, I feel like my answer still holds up for that. It does. No, it does. And yeah, I wasn't necessarily looking for a response to that. I think um, the point of it is that it does depend on who you are and yeah. who you are talking to, Yeah. right? Absolutely. Everybody came into this space for a different reason, yeah. right? And they're, and they're sticking around. If they're on my show, they're sticking around for a different reason, Yeah. Uh, trying to serve a community or what yeah. have you yeah. or a purpose or an impact or, yeah. you know, trying to better their business. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. all those things are 
legitimate reasons to leverage this, what is ultimately a technology totally. change. Um, yeah. The final question is forward looking. So you get to have some fun. Um, it is, where do you see yourself in this space in the next six to 12 months? And then where do you see yourself in the space in the next five to 10 years? Six to 12 months, definitely still working with the organizations that I'm currently working with, uh, and also hopefully doing some like pilots outside of web three with, with whether or not it's with those orgs, but like with some web, web two and web three, um, and like taking on hopefully like a bigger project with an established web two brand that wants to collaborate with, uh, someone or something that I'm working on in, in web three, um, for sure. And I think that's definitely possible. Um, I'm, I'm really optimistic about that. And then what was the next time, time period? Five to 10 years. Have fun. Ooh, five to 10 years. Oh, I hope I'm retired by that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could never retire. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, not, it's funny, like being a strategist, I'm like, five to 10 years, like who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, I hope that I am still like feeling, I hope that I'm just feeling like balanced. I think that's been one thing that I've been increasingly looking for more in my like career. And when I say balance, I mean like, just like, like fulfillment, like feeling like I get to do all the things that I want to do and make money, um, that supports the lifestyle that I, that I want. Um, <clears throat> But I think like five to 10 years, hopefully still doing working in emerging tech um, and hopefully still with a variety of creative outlets, um, because I think those two things are where I get like the most fulfillment. Um, but doing it equally, you know, with people that I, you know, really admire and, and appreciate and aspire to be like, because I'm certainly surrounded by people like that right now. And it's really motivating and um exciting and invigorating i love that i love that what a wonderful way to close thank you for coming on awesome thank you so much for having me this was great thanks for tuning in to web3 with me if you enjoyed the show and want to help us grow please hit the subscribe button on youtube or leave us a review on apple podcasts or spotify if you want to connect with me personally you can find me on twitter at zach underscore French underscore.